Um, hi, listener. This is from Ideology to Unity, a spiritual journey where we let go of ego and ideological doctrine in favor of meaning, purpose, and unity as a whole. Today, I'm interviewing Will Caminada, a podcaster, singer, and songwriter who shares helpful spiritual guidance and conducts fascinating interviews on his podcast. Hi. Hi, Nicholas. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So if you could sum up what you do and what it's about, how do you describe it? Um, I am a spiritual guide. Um, I would sum it up as a teacher and artist because um, I'm also an artist. Um, I'm a singer songwriter. And I guess that's actually what led me to where I am today. You know, my passion for art and, you know, in the pursuit of that dream, I, I found my, my soul and I just went deeper in my, into my spirituality and into my healing journey. And so today I kind of just mix it all up. I embrace my uh, multi-potentiality and multi-dimensionality, mm. which I think we are, we all are multi-potential and multi-dimensional beings. And so, yeah, in a nutshell, today I am a teacher and, a, and an artist, and I just want to help people and give them some kind of support in their spiritual awakening journey and their healing journey. And just, I think, ultimately help raise the, the, the consciousness of the planet. Oh, yeah, as a, a worthy goal, although all goals are ultimately worthy. <laughs> so how did it start? How did you find your soul? Yeah, I think I always say that the spiritual awakening is a journey more than like one moment that you awakened and you realized I, you know, there's more to life than this physical body and then material things. Um, and we all have very unique pathways and unique uh, journeys. For me personally, in my journey, I've always been very inclined to spirituality ever since I was young, ever since I was a child, I was a very sensitive child. And I would say that what the catalyst for my spiritual awakening was actually when my dad um, passed away. So he made the transition from this physical form into the spiritual one. And I was only eight. And so obviously that was a, a trauma in my childhood. But I remember just asking those really deep questions like what happens after someone dies? You know, where is my dad? Like, can he hear me? Can we communicate and just really keep asking those questions that were maybe very deep for an eight-year-old kid. But I guess yeah. that that's what really opened me up to start um, to have some kind of relationship and communication with my, with my dad. So he would show up in my dreams and we would have some, you know, some kind of communication and that made me believe that he was still with me. And so obviously at the time, I didn't have any idea of what spiritual awakening or healing journey or consciousness was. And I didn't have anybody in my family to 
perhaps give me some kind of support in that sense. Um, but I also think that this is one of the main characteristics of the spiritual awakening journey. I think, first of all, um, you start questioning things. It can be those deep questions as in like, where, why am I here? What's my purpose in this life? Or it can even be just questions about, you know, do I want to be here where I'm living? Do I want to be in this job? Do I want to be in this relationship? And I think this is like one of the first signs that your weight awakening and the other thing too is finding the answers within really you can and i think that's one of the main differences between uh, religion and spirituality i grew up catholic and so i have a religious background but i think like essentially for me the main difference is that in spirituality you you are on your path and you find your path and eventually you find the answers within, you might experiment and try different things, but ultimately you find that inner guidance. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me as well. Um, you don't need to follow all these rules and rituals to access the divine because it's within you. When we realize, well, it's not a sudden realization, like you said, it's a, uh, asking the questions and yeah. reflecting then. Yeah, asking the questions and also like having the willingness and perhaps even the courage to find them, you know, because if you're just asking the questions but you're not actually taking any action towards finding the answers within, then you're just going to remain asking questions for the rest of your lives. And actually, I think that the questions will keep coming right so that's a you know that's a sign that we are evolving and that we are growing um but yeah i would say that you know when you're more in that religion side you you're sort of given the answers you're sort of given you know a book and and a history that says this is how it's supposed to be um whereas when you're in that spiritual path um, you will, you may try different, may even explore different religions. You may even explore different healing modalities, read different books, you know, listen to podcasts and watch videos and then see how it resonates with you. And so more and more you develop that um, resonance within so that you listen to something or you read something, but how that resonates within it's really up to the individual. Right. So did you start with your art before you discovered spirituality? Or was it the other way around? Yes, it was. Um, it was I, I could say that, yes, I started with art. And for me, um, my art was always um, a way to find um a way to express myself, to express my, my emotions. And it was kind of like a, a saving grace. You know, it was my, my go-to place where I felt safe to um, express my emotions and even explore that inner world. Um, but I, I really think that they are very connected um, mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be like art as we know it. You know, if people 
maybe they like writing and if they're if they're journaling every day that's a kind of art and that's a kind of that's a way to express um, how they feel in a safe way and so for me it was always um like i said like a a, a place to go to you know to to sing to write um when i was little i would write little poems you know to to, to express how I, I was feeling. So even though I wasn't very open about how I was feeling uh, with my mom or my family, I had that one place, uh, those words, those sounds. And more recently, so um, I started writing more, writing my songs and actually like developing uh, an artist project. And that's when I, went to uh, moved to England um, that was about maybe eight years ago that was and that was the second time I was doing a, a, a bachelor in songwriting so writing songs every day pretty much and that for me sort of became my spiritual practice you know I started to be really consistent first of all with meditation and just the writing, writing songs, free writing, journaling, and really understanding like what I want to say with my songs. And that was the way that I developed more that spiritual side of me. And so today I know that they are connected. They're not separate. Is your songwriting at all channeling? Yes. And I found out that when I was writing. <laughs> So I think it's, I actually think that any kind of writing is, is, a, is channeling, whether we call it channeling or not. Even if you just sit for a few minutes and start journaling, like what you're feeling, or maybe you have a, a prompt, a question that you start writing, that is a way to practice channeling. That is a way to practice connecting with a with your spirit guides or even with your inner guidance. And so because I was doing this very consistently on a regular basis, almost daily, I started noticing that sometimes I would write things and, and they would just come through me, um, especially after meditation. And so that's when I started putting the pieces together. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna meditate first and then I'm gonna write my, my songs or then I'm just gonna write something. And I actually, many times I heard melodies during meditation or I heard lyrics during meditation and then I would write, write it down. And then that's when you put your mind into it, when you have to actually like edit and put it into a structure. So that sounds like Claire audience or something like that. Yeah, today I know that when I was doing it, I didn't really know much about it. So again, it was just that self-exploration. Um, I'm more clairaudient and clairvoyant. So I hear and I also visualize, but it's all inner. So there is there is a difference too, because you can hear from like from with your physical ears and you can see with your, with your physical eyes, which is not so common. Uh, mostly people hear it inside their head, if you will, or they see it with their third eye. So that's for me, that's what, what happens mostly. Is it simply being able to imagine like sound, 
playing in your head and like in your mind's ear hear it or your mind's eyes see it is, is that simply it or is there more to it than that yeah no that's simply it wait so like i could literally if i choose to right now just like hear a tune in my head yeah i, I didn't know i thought that was normal yeah maybe it is uh yeah and it's it's nice that you brought up the imagination factor because especially when when one is beginning to channel or yeah or they don't even know that they're doing it imagination is a form of channeling it's like we we sometimes um diminish the the power of imagination but when you're imagining you're actually visualizing future timelines that you can jump into you can actually feel those emotions as if they were real and when we're talking about channeling um, our spirit guides they work through our imagination too and for a, for quite a while in the beginning when I was doing that writing meditating thing I would question I would doubt myself because I would I would think oh, I'm just making it up but then I would get messages from my spirit guide saying like just believe it just believe it because your imagination is is a spiritual thing do we really make anything up i mean this is the classic records right so technically everything and we're all one so it's all connected so the idea that we make something up is based on separation isn't it yeah yeah the idea that you make something up is that um is is what your ego wants you to think because we have an ego that's through the 3D design. We, I don't believe we'd get rid of it, but we can be aware of it. And so when we think I'm making this up, that's actually a perception from the ego. Because when you look from a more spiritual perspective or from a 5D perspective, like you said, the ego is not really doing anything. It's just, you're just, opening up let's say the channels for these images and these ideas to come to you and that's also what i believe inspiration is you know we think that that's one of the things that i i i was very interested when i was studying um like where does where does inspiration come like we we have this idea that we have to wait for the right moment to be inspired for that idea to come to you um, I believe that inspiration is available all the time. It's just really a matter of us to be open to receiving those images and those ideas. And how do we do that? I believe that there are many ways that one can do that. For me, what works and what worked and what works is meditation and having a spiritual practice is connecting with that, with your soul or your spirit connecting with that place in us that goes beyond the physical goes beyond the ego just really opening up yourself to um accessing those um i could say those higher dimensions of consciousness if we're just in our ego mind just operating in the 3d level of consciousness we still get ideas don't get me wrong we still get um inspiration but we think that this is us 
we think that we're doing it, right? It comes from our mind. It comes from, or it came from a movie that I watched, but it's all a spiritual experience in my perspective. Right. So would you say it's about being open and being aware and be the light from within shines forth easier when you do that? Yes, absolutely. And so the ego, you don't get rid of it, but perhaps awareness, openness, acceptance, these things, do they transform it in some way? Um, I, I believe that we just have more awareness of it. And so we are not identified with it. We are not identified with the ego or the thoughts or the feelings. And we actually work with it. So when we're talking about, you know, creating inspiration, um, I could have, you know, a feeling might come up that inspires me to write a sad song, for example, you know, and I'm, I'm okay with feeling the emotion. I'm okay. Even having the thoughts around the situation that inspired me that song or whatever. And I'm not saying, well, this is just the ego, you know, trying to make me believe that, you know, this is a bad situation or a sad situation. I'm actually accepting it and embracing it and working with it. And we go between, I believe, between the ego and the spirit. I think it's a dance. You know, they, they are both yeah. real in our system. And it's not about if, if you want to get rid of it, the more you want to get rid of it, the more, the louder it will be. Right. So it's like a bit like loving your inner child in a way. And like, if you don't love part of yourself or your ego, what have you, you know, it, it'll just, it'll be more of a fight, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, like you said, when you love your inner child or whatever it is, then there is no separation. There is no judgment because in my view, love is Love is neutral. Love is the container that holds sacred space for all of all of that, for all of your emotions, for the ego, for the spirit, for the inner child, for the for everything. There's no judgment. There's only compassion. And so when you tap into that love inside of you, which I believe we are all essentially love and light, and so when you have that spiritual practice, when you have that awareness and you keep expanding that awareness, you are more and more in touch with the love within. And so you're able to love your ego, to love your inner child, to love all of your emotions, whether you're angry or happy or joyful or frustrated, you have that acceptance within. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So your book is called From Darkness to Light. That's right. What's the symbolism behind that? Yeah, it was, um, 
it is like a compilation of all the work that I was doing when I was writing my EP, which which has the same name. Um, and so I, I, I've written more than five songs, but I chose five songs to go into the EP. Um, and then I created meditations to each song uh, with the theme because each song has a theme. And so I created the book as a compilation to exp to talk more about the story behind the songs and and what I've learned from the experiences that I've gone through in in my life and then there's also an aspect of you could say self-help because there are some journal prompts and and the meditation and the music for people to reflect people to practice uh, meditation so in essence um, I believe that we are all in a journey towards light or towards the light within but really the darkness like i was saying is just is just a part of the journey and they coexist it's like i can't find the light if i if i if i don't have the darkness and essentially like in this 3d experience that we're in we will face darkness or duality or pain in order to understand the other side of that pain, the other side of the darkness, which is light. So the, the subtitle of it is actually a continuous journey towards your essence. And I think it's a really, it's a continuous journey because it's not like you find the light and then that's it. You know, you're living in light, light and love all the time. It's really that, um, idea that the darkness exists to push you into the pathway of light and the pathway of light is you when you shine your light when you go through whatever darkness you've experienced in your life you become that light you become the pathway so I know that sounds a little bit poetic and <laughs> perhaps a little um yeah, poetic or like I'm talking about light and darkness, but what I'm really talking about is those painful moments, those difficult moments that we go through and we've gone through that we will go through. We're not immune to feeling the pain as much spiritual practice we do, as much awareness we have, we will go through some kind of pain, some some difficult moments. But when you when you're able to go through it, awaken, heal, expand your consciousness a little more. I, al I always talk about that trinity, you know, awaken, heal, expand your consciousness. This is a cycle. So that's why I call it a continuous journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Like I had this image in my mind while you're speaking about like, Suppose like you're journeying through dark woods and you're not like following the way or the tail, right? You're actually, you're off to the side, the sort of lost say, but you keep getting in all the dark things you encounter, you keep getting like hints about how to find um, the path if you're aware of them. And then when you do find the path, it, it may be weaving one way or the other, but that's the path up in 
frequency to infinity, right? But like, it may be amazing and bright and true to yourself once you're on the path, but it's not the end. It's just a new beginning, right? Yes, absolutely. And what, when you were talking about it, I imagined what we go through every day, which is day and night, right? Yeah. If it was just day, then we would take the sun for granted, right? We need the night. We need the connection with the moon as well. You know, so it's, it's also, I guess, trying to um, transcend that idea of duality, mm. which we experience a lot here in, in, in the 3D level of consciousness. Um, and when I, when I talk about darkness, I'm not necessarily saying this is a bad thing. And that's kind of the premise of, of the book, you know, it's like the darkness is not the bad thing, but it's what pushes us into the pathway of light. And we become the pathway of light. It's not that there is a path of light. We become the more you, you're able to go from darkness to light and keep going from darkness to light, the more you are shining your light within and the, the more the brighter the pathway becomes. And that's also an analogy for, um, you know, when you work on yourself, when you shine your light, you are helping raise the consciousness of the collective. Because like you said, you know, I also believe that we are not separate, we are one. And so the healing that I do within, the more authentic I am, the more that I shine my light, the more that this, this ripple effect will um, continue to go on. How do we keep faith when we face doubts? How do we keep faith? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, from, from my journey and, and the way I, the way I guide people, I try to help them is First of all, understanding that um, our emotions um, are part of the human design and the emotions are what keeps us moving. I'd say that emotion is energy in motion. And so without them, we would be zombies. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be any growth. There wouldn't be any healing. Um, and so obviously certain emotions we don't want to feel and we feel very uncomfortable you know they, they feel very painful but when we practice um, that when we have a consistent spiritual practice we are able to accept our emotions more easily um, and just feel them because we know that whenever we feel them we are healing and we are just allowing that energy in motion to move through us. And we know that that emotion, whether we perceive them as good or bad, is actually pushing us to, to evolution. But to get to a place where you are okay feeling whatever emotions and you have that awareness, I believe that, you, that one needs a consistent spiritual practice um, and the way I see it is 
you know, when we're talking about the Trinity, mind, body, and spirit, that's our design, but we need to, they're not separate, but we need to focus, we need to pay attention and look after our mind, the same way that we look after our physical bodies, the same way that we look after our spiritual um, health, if you will. So it's the same idea of you taking care of your body, you know, eating the food that makes you feel good, exercising, and you might do that for a little bit. And then when you don't, you know, we might be out of shape. So it's kind of the same thing. And what I always say is that we have a spiritual practice and we practice it, whatever it is, meditation, breath work, journaling, sound healing. We, we practice it when we're feeling good, when all is well in our perception, so that when something happens, you have a strong foundation to go through. So when the storm comes and emotional turmoil comes, you are able to feel it, but you feel safe in facing the feelings. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. How do we maintain a consistent spiritual practice without becoming egoically attached to that practice? It's a very good question because sometimes we can use them, we can use the spiritual practice almost as um, a way to escape reality sometimes, or even thinking that it will be the cure for things, like we might use meditation as a pill, <laughs> but it's mm. not, you know. Um, I think that, you know, even though I talk a lot about spirituality, I'm a spiritual guide and, and, um, I talk a lot about these things that for some may be very um, woo-woo. Mm -hmm. um, I, like, I like it to keep it real as well, you know, because for me in my journey, my spiritual practice um, has led me into embracing more of my humanness. I want to be, I want to be in my body. I want to enjoy this human experience. Um, and I believe that this is what it should do. Uh, it's not about wanting to be somewhere else and to escape and be in the spiritual world. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are multidimensionals, but at the end of the day, we're still humans. We're still like this experience is real for us. And so I believe that when you really... Um, marry the two you know you uh, you have your spiritual practice but you you also embrace your human experience that makes um that makes this experience i would say lighter you know that makes this experience um maybe more enjoyable and maybe even i would say less difficult like i said it's not that we're going to be immune to feeling the pain or to go through different uh, difficult situations. Um, but you just have a more expanded state of consciousness. So you can see things from a, a higher perspective and so that you don't allow the experience to take over your being. You understand that it is an experience and you're in charge of it. 
like not your ego, but like your, I didn't like that essence in charge of it, but um, you understand that there is something bigger. Um, and so you don't need to, um, yeah, the things that happen in your life, they don't need to take over your life. You don't need to be overwhelmed by them. Right. And um, in any case, the those who aren't, if someone who isn't into spirituality may, or if you recall when before you were interested in spirituality, one might distract themselves with all these escapism in the form of, let's say, TV or what have you. And so it's not that spirituality is an escape. That kind of thinking is just more of the same thing that you get before or outside of spirituality. So, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's actually coming to your true essence. And so inevitably being true to yourself more is going to be grounded and authentic just as it's going to raise you up. Mm -hmm. Oh, Carl Jung said that, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he said the, the tree to heaven has its roots in hell or something like that. And so that means that to get to the higher sites, we need to have our roots fundamentally in the ground and also into the deepest depths of the shadow, maybe. Yeah, I think it's 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 embracing it all, really, and, yeah. and not living from a, a limited space. Um, and so I can talk about it in different ways, but, you know, since I mentioned the Trinity, um, you know, mind, body, and spirit, um, if you're just living from your mind and body, that's just going to be a limited experience. Right. And so when you start to have a spiritual practice or you awaken, you start to be more in touch with your emotions. And for anybody who might be skeptical about it, um, sometimes it's just a matter of using a different terminology, you know, because I can talk about emotions and not mention anything spiritual because emotions, what, it, what is an emotion? Like we don't actually see it. We feel it. Yeah. Okay. And so we do have an emotional body, we do have an emotional system that many times we don't pay attention to and we don't, uh, we think of our health as in our physical health, right? We think of, I need to look after my body, I need to eat well, or I need to get those, those meds, right? It's more than that. When you accept your multidimensionality that you are not just your body, you're not just your mind, you are also a spirit. You start looking after um, all of these areas, understanding that it's all one. The other way we can look at it too is, is the, the chakra system. Um, if we're just looking at the, um, the lower chakras, which are not better or worse than the upper chakras, but they are more related to our human aspects. And we've been as a collective, as a society, living very much from only from the lower chakras 
and an, and imbalanced ones as well. So it's all about the human needs. It's all about you know survival and the primal needs. And so that is very limited, right? Especially if they become imbalanced. And so that's why when you start getting in touch with your emotions, getting in touch with your um, shadow, with your darkness, with your traumas, you're accessing your heart and you're healing your heart, you're opening your heart. And so that's when you start expanding your experience. So it's not so limited anymore. And then from the heart, you can access those higher, those upper chakras and or the, those higher dimensions, and then life becomes more expanded. So it's not that you're just connected with your lower chakras, you're also connected with your spirit and your humanness through the heart. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about leaving or creating space, and that's what love is. So is love fundamentally just about creating more space for an expanded expression of yourself and for others to expand their expression of self. Yes. Yes. And I talk so much about the heart because I think it's really like, it's super important to, to heal and, and, and balance the heart and open the heart. Sometimes we might have the, the heart too open like an overactive heart chakra, but it's, for me, it's, it's all about finding uh, ways to, to anchor yourself in your heart center. Because if you're, if you're anchored in your heart center, and um, you have an open heart, you feel safe to feel those emotions as they come, right? You don't, you don't judge them. Um, you might be, you go through an emotional turmoil, but you're, you know, deep down inside that it's a temporary phase and you're going to find your way back into your heart. When, when we're not connected with our hearts, when we're not anchored in our heart center, that's when life becomes overwhelming because you can't deal with your emotions. Either you're feeling too much and they take over you, or you're not feeling them enough and you're just repressing and causing all those, you know, blockages in your energy system and in, and shutting your heart essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that understanding the chakras can be very helpful. But you said something very interesting to me about the Trinity: mind, body, and spirit. Now, obviously, in the Law of One, it mentions mind, body, spirit complexes, but it sounds very Christian in a way, doesn't it? The Trinity. I think so. I think it's kind of embedded in, in our consciousness because of the last, I would say the last 2000 years. I, I don't see it. Um, I, could, I can also give you another, another perspective on the Trinity. Uh, when we're thinking of the um, the spiritual journey in relation to the um, expansion of consciousness as well and the dimensions of consciousness, we could see the mind as um, the 3D level of consciousness because it's very much to do with the ego. 
And you could also see that see it that that pillar as the the portal to um, your spiritual spiritual journey because when you awaken you realize yourself realize right it's the self-actualization and so the mind is not the bad guy the mind can actually help you make sense of things and it can help you realize things and self-actualize and so when you move forward in that spiritual journey and then you start healing and that's very much to do with the body as well um, because the body is uh, uh, a reflection of all your emotional and mental body and data that you stored over the years and it's also related to the 4d level of consciousness which is to do with the akashic records like you said and the collective mind and feelings um, and that's when you start opening your heart that's when you start doing that healing journey um, that's when you start looking within that's when you start doing the the shadow work or the inner child work and this inevitably will get to that tip of the the trinity which we can say it's the spirit or i say it's the expansion of consciousness because then you can look sort of from above that okay all is happening simultaneously all is one all is happening for me for me to get to this place and that's the 5D level of consciousness because then you're connected with your heart. And I, like, I, like I said it, it, before, it is a continuous journey because this can happen. This, this is going to happen again and again. But the more you go through these cycles, the more you know the way, right? The faster you're able to awaken, the faster you're able to heal because you have, you have been through this journey before. It's like Marika. Like the first time you do it, do it, the track, you're like, okay, well, when we're going. But even as you, every time you go around, it's just, you build up more experience. You're, you, yeah. yeah um, a good analogy. And you know it, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to, like, you might, you, you, you will still feel tired at the end of it, you know, but you know how to deal with it. Like, you know how to deal with your, mind games during the marathon you know how to deal with your physical you're more prepared so it's a it's a good analogy i love analogies too so so do you think crystals are useful yes i do i don't i i'm not an expert um, but I do have a few. I actually have one in my hands right now, and I I, I like connecting with them because I, I for me they are um, a solidification of cosmic energy, and so when I connect with them, I can feel that I'm connected with something bigger than than this. Even though they are physical matter, yeah. When I'm connected with them, I know that I'm connected with something bigger than this third dimension i notice you've got a pyramid in the background there. that's a different shape of crystal so what does the shape do yeah i have a little pyramid um it's not a crystal it's just i know ceramic i don't know what it is but i yeah i just love the um 
I love like learning about, you know, the ancient Egyptians and um, I feel like it's, it's a way to connect with, um, with our ancient civilizations and also with our higher dimensional friends. Yeah, so about your higher dim- our higher dimensional friends, uh, what sort of connections do you feel you have? What sort of connections do I have? To higher dimensional friends. Yeah, it's been um, a progress um, from connecting with my dad years ago and, and just really accepting and believing it that, you know, there is there is an afterlife and because he kept showing up in my dreams and even like guiding me in certain moments in my life with, with words and, and just energy. Um, So I, after, after a while, um, when I started, I think it was like in my thirties when I started, um, meditating consistently like I said I was writing songs every day and I felt very connected with with him more than before and very connected with spirit guides in general and so I first I went okay I know that my dad is my spirit guide so I'm okay with it and so and also I think he felt safe as well because I knew him and you know he's part of my my soul tribe my soul group and I actually think that, you know, your loved ones um, in your family or maybe close friends that have passed, they can be your spirit guides. And, and usually I say, I always give them as the first example because I feel like it feels familiar to us. So we feel safe to connect with them, but it sort of, progressed a little bit because um, I started learning more about spirit guides and angels and higher dimensional beings. And so for a while, I remember that the voice that I was hearing that I thought it was, it was my dad, it sort of became just like a, a collective. It wasn't, it wasn't just his energy. It was a different kind of energy. Um, And so when I started learning more about um, higher dimensional beings, um, I was very drawn to the Pleiadians who are higher dimensional beings. They are the gatekeepers of the the fifth dimension and they come from the Pleiades star system. Um, It just, yeah, I just felt like they were part of my, my team and I believe they have been, but because I wasn't aware of, of them. And so that's why I think that knowledge also really expands our consciousness when we start learning more about things. Like I said, it's that, it's that uh, connection, you know, the knowledge helps you access more and more because you might feel something, you might hear a voice, but you might not know where it comes from. And I also believe that it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter if you know where they're, where they're coming mm-hmm. from. It matters what the message is and how it makes you feel. But for me, yes, the more I started learning about them, I actually did, um, this year actually, I did um, a galactic origins chart 
with one of my guests in my podcast. Um, it, it, it's kind of like Zodiac chart, but for, for um, star beings, the star system. That sounds really interesting. So what's the basics of how it works? I wouldn't be able to tell you how it works uh, because she just she just asked me for my 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 birth name and my my birth date and the time I was born. So that's very similar to astrological charts, for example. Yeah. Uh, but that's specifically for knowing your coordinates according to like your star system chart, as in. She will say your star seed mostly from the late 80s or mostly from the Orion. And so you have different like per- percentages. And one of them in my chart was the Pleiadians. Uh, I was also the, um, the Sirius and, and one planet that doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's called Mintaka. And oh, it's I've a, heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a water planet. And it is believed that the dolphins and, and whales um, came from there, as well as from the Sirius. Uh, but then when I, that was really high in the percentage and, I, and it made sense to me because I've always, always been obsessed with whales. I love them ever since. Do you I was like a swimming? Kid. Huh? Since it's a silly question to ask in the context, but do you like I swimming? I love swimming. Yes. I love water. And, and then when I heard that, when I read my, my chart, I was just like, it was almost like remembering my, my home um, and things just made, made a lot of sense. But interestingly, after that sort of awareness that, we, you know, after I, I read that and I talked to her, and by the way, it's, it's in my podcast as well, Dr. Heather, um, after, after that, I had a really, um, really deep experience uh, during a breathwork session where I actually heard a different voice and they confirmed that the guides that I channel, they once gave me a name, the Guardians of Love. They said that they are part of that team. And then it just made so much sense to me because the Pleiadians are all about love and they are the guardians of love in for this planet um they are very they were very um loving but very funny as well you know they have a very humorous and light very compassionate energy um and so that that was a really good confirmation and it made me feel really 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 connected with them um after that there were other instances where i channeled the orions and so I feel like I'm sort of exploring different um, areas in this in the universe and really opening my opening up myself to channeling more of those beings. Yeah, so the Orions are an interesting one because obviously the listener might have heard about the like the Orion Wars stuff, but I get the impression that that was a long time ago and things have changed a lot with their civilization. Yeah. And, you know, the message that I got from them was nothing, nothing negative. Um, I don't know how I feel about, you know, talking about like negative and positive. I know that there have been, you know, wars and stuff and people talk about, you know, negative entities. 
and like you mentioned the law of one they talk about negative uh, polarized beings and positive polarized beings um for me it was just um like i remember the message was just about earth being an experiment um and and that we are evolving and actually ascending from and healing that was the message healing from the cataclysm healing from the trauma that is embedded in the collective and i think that also i got that message because i've been doing a lot a lot of work um concerning the 5d consciousness which has to do with um ascending and and healing through the heart so in a nutshell that's what's happening with mother earth mother earth is in the heart now is in that 5d consciousness obviously it may take thousands or maybe even millions of years but that is a progression from those um past wars or cataclysms do you think it's important to accept the history of humanity and let's say how we fell from grace so to speak rather than viewing it as a, all a big mistake that we need to recover from and accept that as part of a larger uh process yes and i think that the way it works it's is very similar to the way it works in our individual lives you know because we are we are many universes we are the universe manifested into this physical human form and and so when we start looking at our own trauma and in our own life and it can be just this lifetime you know we don't need, we don't have to go back or go to parallel lives if you're just doing that work that is that is really powerful and that is i believe how we heal the world because the way i see it is like we are cells in the mother being mother earth being so i do believe that earth is having her own um healing process and her own healing journey and we are the the cells and obviously we are receiving signals from her because she is the main um sort of like the mind um of the, this being um and so it is available for us right right now because she she is in in the heart and she's sending us those signals and that's why we i believe we are seeing a, a global awakening you know we're talking more about these things people are awakening to different levels to different extents um yeah and so i think this is really the only way and and I, like you said accepting it that is just part of the process i personally believe that the evolution of consciousness is the only way and even if we go through cataclysms like we've gone through before um we will find our way back because i think that the evolution of consciousness is the only way yeah and another thing is i feel like i don't think she judges us for 
have, we might have affected affected her. I, I feel like she loves us dearly. It's yeah. nice for me to think about. Like a mother. Yeah, and, when and you, maybe when she's. It might be safe to channel on her as well. Or to communicate with her. Yeah, I think that it, it when we we do that by by really channeling the collective, um, and and I really truly believe that when you work on your on yourself on your inner healing, you are contributing to the healing of Mother Earth, and and because that's really the the like what the only way that we can change the world is changing our our world, changing within. Um, but I also believe that. Uh, Mother Earth will always find her way back. And we've seen it before. And, um, you know, like when you think of the dinosaur era, you know, Mother Earth didn't try to recreate that when it ended, you know, it recreated herself in a different way. And the same thing when we're talking about the fall, the fall of Atlantis, that cataclysm, um, we didn't go back to that, to the same place. We, you know, we're, we're obviously we're healing from those cataclysms, but we are also finding a new way. We're renewing ourselves. We're not just trying to go back to how it was before. Yeah. I mean, and then on spiritual journey, if they go through, let's say a dark night of the soul or, a bit of a hard time. You don't be like, okay, how do I get to how I was? You're like, okay, what have I learned from this? How, what can I integrate? You know, the healing process isn't merely a recovery. You're more than, I'm not, saying, I'm not sure if you're more than what you were, but you're less of what you're not. Yeah. Yeah, your new version. We're always rebirthing. Mm. It's fascinating. Because we all think about, okay, we have our birth, we have our death, but it's a process, right? Hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to share? That I don't know. Well, we've talked a, about a lot of really nice <laughs> things. Um, I love that we went deep. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we've covered a lot of topics. Um, I really do believe, though, that. Um, like one of the most if not the most potent force in the universe is love and that's why you know i'm big on the heart i'm big on self-love uh because i think that's the only way that we, we we're going to heal and we're going to ascend um you know love is to do with 5d consciousness is to do with the oneness and the unity consciousness um it is hard sometimes to see that unity consciousness when you see so much division in the world. Um, but I, I, I keep the faith that 
like I said, you know, evolution is the only way, but we have to always go back to love because love is really what connects us all and is the force that will keep pushing us into this evolution. Yeah, and so I think about how the fact that it's so visible and so much is coming to the surface is in fact a sign that we really are coming together and coming back to love within our true essence, even if it doesn't look that way. So, um, so yeah, there's actually everything is happening as it needs to. Yeah, it's easy to look at the world and be like, no, it's all wrong. We need to fix it. We need to save them, right? And that's not really it at all. So thank you for coming on. I, we've really talked about a range of things uh, and really important things too. Um, although we've got to accept everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. And I, I, I enjoy music too. It's quite... It's quite nice. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and um, yeah, for doing your podcast and opening up a platform for us to talk about these things. And I hope that the listeners will resonate with it. I'm sure they will. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, feel free to check out his, um, his podcast on YouTube. And do you have, a, do you have any other platforms? Yeah, I'm very active on Instagram and also an app called Insight Timer where people can find um, meditations and, and channeled messages as well. Um, the easiest way is to go to my website. Um, you'll find all you know the music, the links, the events. And so the website is willcaminata.com. Caminata is C-A-M-I-N-A-D-A. Right. So I hope you enjoyed. I certainly did. And yeah. have a great day or great evening. Thank you. And you too. Uh, without further ado, bye for now.